Hello and welcome into the August 12th edition of the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. Canada with a dominating victory at the World Junior Championships. We'll recap that game. And then we're going to play some cosign, no sign. Here's a bit of a sneak peek, Dave. I might try and make a wacky suggestion to perfect the blue line. Lots of questions surrounding the blue line heading into the season. I think I've got the answers. Listen to find out on today's edition of the Locked On Leafs podcast. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also writer for the NHLPA. Locked On Leafs is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free. Wherever you get your podcasts from, you can also now catch us up on video format via YouTube. Just search up Locked On Leafs and Hit subscribe. Uh, go ahead, like this, uh, like this uh, video if you can, and leave a comment down below your thoughts on what we have to say today. And Dave, we are going to get into some cosine no sign, where I think the conversation is going to get interesting for what I bring up for a potential solution to the blue line. But before we get into that, Dave, uh, let's get into some World Juniors chat. Um, man, Canada crush Slovakia today 11 to 1 in world junior action the Americans still currently uh, underway as we record this Thursday night but uh Canada whoo it was the Mason McTavish show four goal six point performance from that kid I mean man did Canada ever look like they absolutely outmatched Slovakia tonight yeah after what was a pretty un we we'll call it uninspiring, but it wasn't the the Canada like performance against Latvia. Underwhelming, underwhelming. Yeah, there we go. That was what I was looking for. Yeah, um, yeah. You no, know, Canada was just like, okay, the rust is rust is off. Let's let's get back to business, and they did that against Slovakia. Like, like you always have this one guy that just has a performance like this. I mean, we see it with Connor Bedard when he had the four goal game before everything got canceled. Mason McTavish is just like. It was effortless at times, it looked like, for him. The yeah. plays he made, uh, you know, man, the Anaheim Ducks, to go from Ryan Getzlav to now Mason McTavish as your center of the future, not fair, man. Not fair. And Zegris, and Zegris as oh, well. Yeah. Like, they've well, got I'm a one. Because Zegris is more of a, a winger, right? Uh, I think he could do both, technically. I think he was drafted as a centerman. Maybe he ends up playing the wing for a majority of his career, but... I mean, after seeing what, uh, you know, what Mason McTavish can do when he has a playmaker and, and, and a finisher also, he can do both. Uh, playing with a, a super talented player like Connor Bedard, I mean, you put him with talent, they're going to produce. And uh, Mason McTavish did that today. Like, they, they put on an absolute show. I mean, that first goal that they scored tonight, that kind of give and go with Connor Bedard, oh, my God, like, my jaw was on the floor watching that goal, watching that entire play kind of develop and unfold. I just still can't like Connor Bedard's like 16 years old. He may have just turned 17, actually. I think. 17, yeah. 
like just turned 17 and he's making these unbelievable high IQ hockey plays. And he just has like elite, elite skill. One of the best shots that I've seen in the game, let alone in junior hockey in the game today. It's unbelievable what that kid's able to do. But uh, yeah, fun to see Canada go out there and uh, put on a, a double digit performance like they did tonight. Yeah. Like the thing with Bedard's goal, it looks effortless. Like it just comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Like that's that's such a deceptive shot. It's not fair for goalie that he's just like, I don't even have a chance to like get myself ready for it because you don't know where it's going and it just comes off so quick. Yeah. There's there's a bit of like that Austin Matthew deceptiveness with that shot. That's what I see from Connor Bedard. Yeah. And the funny thing is like Bedard's a lot smaller Matthews like Bedard's like 5'9 like 180 pounds is what he's listed at and Austin Matthews is like 6'3 215 and the fact that Bedard is still able to get like that much heat on his shots and that much bend on his shots is just outstanding but I want to know what the hell that guy said to Slovakia to make them go after him today like Towards the end of the first period, they were just attacking Bedard for no reason. Like the one dude literally like choked them, ready to give him a choke slam or something. And then right at the end of the period, a little bit of a skirmish up around the bench. Like I don't know what the hell he was saying to them, or maybe they were just trying to throw his game off, but it didn't work. And I think that's awesome. The fact that, you know, you can play physical with him and try and throw him off his game. And he's like, I mean, you want to keep taking penalties and leave me out there shorthanded. Uh, with an extra guy on the ice, I'll make you pay. And that's exactly what they're able to do today. It was awesome. Um, Dylan Duran, the goaltender, stopping 22 of 23 shots. Um, as for uh, elsewhere in the tournament, Finland with a 4-3 shoot, uh, shootout victory over Czechia today. Both Roni Irminen and Topi Nimala, both Leafs draft picks uh, with a point, both assisting in that game tonight. So here and now up to four points, I believe on the tournament, Nemo picking up his first. And then like I alluded to earlier, Matthew Nyes and the Americans currently underway as we are recording this, but uh, hopefully he can put on a show as well. It's been good hockey so far at the world junior championships. And I know the fanfare isn't quite there and you know, a lot less people are intrigued because it's in August, but Hey man, you, you can't say that these kids aren't, uh, aren't going all out and especially, you know, today, a guy like McTavish, he was a little pedestrian yesterday against Lapia, but in this game today, there was no doubt. He was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to take my game up to the next level. And gosh, it's, it, it, you're right. The, the Ducks are they're so lucky. I mean, McTavish could end up being like a legitimate number one power forward type center. And. They've got Zegris to go along with that. They've got Jamie Drysdale on the back end. Troy Terry. I mean, what's that? Troy Terry. Troy Terry, who scored, what, 35 goals this year? Yeah, 37, got if I read. Max Comtois. Yeah, I know he scored over 35, I guess. Yeah. They've got a good up-and-coming squad over there, man. They really, really do. It's, you know, like, we... You look at what the... Like, that's what allows a team like I know the Ducks have had a bad couple of years but that's kind of you take that short-term pain because you can see where the long-term game can be right 
if you if you say all right we're just we're just gonna they're not even really bottoming out either right like they haven't had a first overall pick mason mctavish is third overall yeah like these are they're not exactly i that's why i like about anaheim they're not exactly just gutting themselves completely and trying to tank they're they're keeping some semblance of a you know decent roster around so that when these kids are ready it's they got a good support system with them and they're ready to go. So yeah, I think I think if anything, the Ducks are probably just gonna look to try to fix their blue line a little bit more. Because other than like their four group is is pretty nasty. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, I, they took Tristan Luno as a guy who I was big on in the draft. Got him in the second round. Didn't they? Act, didn't they sign John Klingberg to like a one year deal? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, they have the you know John Klingberg one year seven million dollar deal. Like yeah. Like Cam Fowler's still around, a good solid veteran over there. I mean, they they they're a decent squad. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know if they're quite playoff caliber team yet. Like they're still young and they got to grow, but they could be a, a spunky team that definitely pushes some some teams to the brink and maybe steals points down the stretch. And uh, you know they'll they'll be playing some competitive hockey at least into into March maybe, which would be cool for them uh, and good for for the young talents that they have on that squad. All right, uh, why don't we take a quick break, then we get back. We'll play some Cosign, No Sign, uh, one of our favorite games and favorite segments that we do here on the show. But before we do get into that, let me tell you about one of today's show sponsors, and that's BetOnline.net. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs, find all your favorite sports and events, the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, golf, and guess what, Dave? Even the World Junior Championships, I took the over on tonight's game. It cashed. Thank you very much to uh, Mason McTavish for almost doing it himself, getting the six of eight goals that you needed for the over to cash. Um, well, assisting on a couple, I guess. He got, was in on six of eight goals. Uh, Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in game betting, scores, and podcasts. They got you covered. Head to Bet Online today and use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. All right, welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. We're your hosts here at Locked On Leafs, a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast. If this is your first time listening, thank you so much for giving us a shot. Hopefully you enjoy the chat that we're having today and are about to have, and hopefully you enjoy the game we're about to play because we like to do this at least once a week. Um, it's called Cosign, No Sign, and basically pretty simple, uh, simple procedure here. We're going to make a statement to each other, and if we agree with that statement, we co-sign it. If we disagree with it, we're going to no-sign it. Uh, Dave, why don't you go first with your first statement to me? First statement for me is it's got a little more to do, less about performance stuff, but I think the Leafs need a new alternate jersey. Uh... Why? Because I feel like I, as as somebody who has collected jerseys in the past, I don't do it as much anymore. What is their alternate right now? Like the same? Like, really, like I, I would think that their alternate would have been the one that they wore in the outdoor game against uh, the arena's jersey. Is that like, their alternate? Like the Toronto one? Yeah, like that would be the only 
alternate that they have. Yeah, like that's, 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 that's in my opinion. I would like to see the Leafs have an, an alternate jersey. Do the Drew jersey. The Drew jersey was sick. Yeah. I like, like it would, but that was pretty cool. Like, that was one time. Like, you see other... T- I know, like, the blue and white is... Like, I'm not saying get rid of the blue and white. I'm saying they got a... When they were... I remember when they had a few alternate jerseys. Um, I think, like, mid-2010s. 2000, they had, like, the older style leaf. Yeah, I, and they're doing, like, some different stripes on the arms. And then, like, the logo was a little bit different. Yeah. It was more of the... Uh, differently shaped one as opposed to the Which, like straight leaf. Yeah. I would like to see the leaf. Yeah. I want to see the leaves ha- bring in a new alternate Jersey. I know I th- there might be a reverse retro, which by the way, those are God awful. I still do not like those ones because of the grayish tone on those. Yeah. Did we talk about those jerseys? I don't remember if we did the leaf. Did the leaf one get leaked? I know that like a lot of the other ones were leaked. Did the leafs one get leaked? I I saw a concept of one. I don't know if I can find it. I wasn't really. I didn't see a Leafs one. I saw a couple other teams, but I didn't see a Toronto one. I if it if it got leaked and I missed it, shame on me. Definitely something we should have talked about on the podcast. So if you can find it, we'll definitely throw it up on the screen and we could chat about it. Um, but I mean, sure, I'll co-sign it. Yeah, I don't think it's ever a bad idea to have like a new, cool new jersey. As long as it's a good-looking design and it's better. And if it's better, then yeah, why not get a new alternate uh, involved and kind of get a new jersey out there. And I mean, it's always good for business too, right? Helps with that HRR. You can sell some more more sweaters. So yeah, sure, why not? I'll co-sign that one. Yeah, I'm trying to find the some. I know Nick Barden had uh, tweeted something about it, but I can't find it at the moment. So, all right. Well, maybe maybe we'll try and look for it. Uh, we could chat about it on the next show if it did, in fact, uh, make its way on the interwebs. All right, my first one to you, Dave. Um, cosine, no sign. The Maple Leafs should toy with moving Mark Giordano to the right side this season. Hmm. Interesting. Has he re- has he played a lot on the right side? I'm trying to remember cuz I know when no. Okay. I will say if he is comfortable with it, then you can definitely get away with doing that. I I think you can because we we've seen we've seen Brody do it and he's been pretty good at it. Um I, I think I think it all it all comes down to player comfort. Really. I think I think that's I remember when Muslim was brought in, they tried him on the right side with Riley, and it was clear that none of them were really comfortable with the idea of going to the right side. If he's comfortable doing it, I will co-sign it. A hundred percent, because I'd rather have Mark Giordano on the right side than some of the other options at the least. Would have to shell out if uh even in case of an injury, like we're like Justin Hall gets injured. The next best thing could be Jordy Ben. Uh, yeah. Like who would you rather have? But like in all honesty, who would you rather have on the right side? Like Giordano or, or Justin Hall? I, like, even like Lilligren, who would you, would you rather have, you know, Geo up in the top four on the right side? Or would you rather have Lilligren up in the top four taking on heavy minutes like that facing top quality competition? I probably still say Geo because I don't know. I don't want to force Lily Green into that situation if he's not ready for it. 
Yeah. So I, I think that's pretty much where I'm coming at this. Like we've tried to fit in, you know, where does Sandine going to fit if he ends up signing that contract? Where exactly are we going to end up, you know, who's going to partner with Riley? I feel like if, if the Leafs do end up inking Sandine and let's say uh, they, you know, have their full crop of defensemen, you go Riley and Giordano and that could kind of be your, your, you know, pairing that you deploy mainly, you know, I, well, not mainly, but you would definitely deploy them for offensive draws and have them kind of be your offensive squad. You've got Muzzin and Brody, who could be your defensive zone uh, deployments. And then, you know, Sandine and Lilligren as that quality young third pair. You could shelter them a little bit. Um, and they flourished in that role. We're one of the top, you know, defensemen, metrically speaking, top pairings last year when they did play third pair uh, minutes. Again, they were, you know, somewhat uh, sheltered in those minutes, but hey, it's still a success. So if you can still keep that as a third pair and, and keep them sheltered, then that way you're not, you know, getting dummied by all your th as your third pair. And if Giordano is capable of doing that, again, I, I, this is something I just want to toy with, right? They should toy with it. Try it in training camp, see how he feels. Because if that's the case, Riley, Gio, Muzzin, Brody, Sandy, and Lilligren, that might be a way to, you know, put forward this this team's top six defensive unit and might make everybody happy. Sandine's a regular, everyday person in this lineup, as is Lilligren. I guess the odd man out is, is Justin Hall, which would make a lot of Leaf fans upset, but maybe you could maybe move that contract. It's only $2 million. I think there are multiple teams out there who would be interested in Justin Hall. You're not going to get much for him. They'll get like a mid-draft pick or something like that, but – if you really want to get that contract off the books in order to get Sandine signed, um, I think that is something that they could potentially toy with come training camp. I, I hope they do. Yeah, I think um, I think you gotta you you have to be willing to be, get a little creative, right? If you're gonna kind of put the blue line in a tough position where the depth isn't like we don't have like the Leafs don't have a flurry of right shot guys, right? So you have to be willing to be a little bit creative to f give yourself the best options, right? Sure. Jordy Ben for a game where you're a little short is okay. And I think he's still a left shot, but I know he's played the right side. Um, other than that, like I'd rather again, put Jordano there just because you, the, the options, and we've seen it. The options down below are not there. No. It's, so yeah, I think, uh, I think that would be the likely, like, it would be the ideal situation. I don't know. Sheldon Keefe has sometimes been iffy on wanting to do that, but he might not have a choice. Yeah, that's it's true. If they don't really do anything else, that's, you know, he, he might, he might not. Uh, all right. Uh, your next one. Uh, next one for me with Robin Leonard going down, the Vegas golden Knights will miss the playoffs. This I season. knew you were going to go with that one. I had that one as well, which is why I switched it. Because I knew you were going to go there. Uh, yeah, for, for those who missed the news, Robin Leonard uh, has, is out for the season. Uh, you know, a hip injury. He's going to miss the year. And now the goaltenders in Vegas, currently Logan Thompson and Laurent Brassois are the two tendies right now in Vegas. I would imagine they would be looking to bring in a goaltender. Uh, I don't think they're going to go into the year with those two guys. I, I, that's just my opinion, I guess. Like maybe, I mean, it's Vegas, so who knows what the hell this team's gonna do? 
But like, would you be surprised if they somehow went and traded for a, a Sergey Bobrovsky at 50%? I wouldn't be. That's very Vegas Golden Knights of them. Yes. Something like that. Would I be yeah. surprised if they went out and somehow got John Gibson? I wouldn't be. That'd be very Vegas of them. They should be smarter and go after a much cheaper goaltender like a James Reimer, perhaps, who's going to be available. Um, but I just don't know if they're going to because they're Vegas and they just don't know how to properly allocate cap dollars. Um, but that being said, are they going to miss the playoffs again this spring? I mean, if they go into it with Logan Thompson and Laurent Brassois or goaltenders, I think that it could happen. That is a strong possibility. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think they will now go and get themselves a goaltender. They'll have, I guess, some space. They'll have a bunch of guys on LTIR. So um, they just got rid of Max Pacioretty's full cap hit. I'm going to go ahead and uh, no sign it. I think that this team will hunker down and will probably make the playoffs. It's not the strongest division that they're in. Um, you know, the Pacific, you, you got Edmonton, who's probably going to be a playoff team, and then Calgary's going to be a playoff team. But outside of that, you know, Vancouver, not too sure what they're all about. LA's young, and they look nice. But again, is that are they ready to take the next step? And they've got Vegas in there as well. So uh, they easily could finish in a third place finish, maybe even a wild card spot and kind of limp in. But so I'm going to no sign it. I think Vegas does end up making the playoffs. It's a very fair. I, yeah, I think Vegas is pretty much all in every year. So yeah. the, the least they know now of this news. So they do have that time to figure this out. But time's still a ticking. That's well, sure. it's, it's so bizarre because, like, do you remember last year Robin Leonard was like, oh, yeah, I'm not playing on Sunday. This is like on a on a Thursday or something like that. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm not playing on Sunday. And then Peter DeBoer was asked about it, the coach, and he's like, well, it's the first that I've heard of this. Uh, I plan on playing him, uh, I think. And then, like, the next day, I remember Emily Kaplan came out with a report saying that he was going to be dumb for the year, and he was blindsided by it and said, I plan on playing him on on Sunday. And oh, then, uh, lo and behold, the day after he said he planned on playing him, they said they put him on IR and said he's he's done for the year and their season kind of went up in flames uh, from that point and you know now not only is he missing the final you know month of, of last season but now apparently going to miss the entire season this upcoming year so I don't know what the hell is going on with Robin Leonard um, injury uh, you know injuries suck injuries are fickle uh, hopefully he can you know get better um, you know physically and. Hopefully, he can get back in the crease at some point uh, the following season. But for now, I guess uh, the Golden Knights going to be goalie shopping for the next uh, next couple of weeks here. All right, um, let's take one more quick break. When we get back, I'll tell you my second one, and then we'll finish up uh, with the last couple here on the podcast. Cosine no sign continues after this break here on the Locked On Lease podcast. Welcome back into the Locked On Lease podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. We are your hosts here on Locked On Leafs. Um, we're continuing our cosign, no signs. You've done two. I got two more to go. Uh, I'll ask you this one next. We'll stick with the Leafs with this one. Stick with the Leafs. The Toronto Maple Leafs will win the Atlantic Division this upcoming season. How you feeling about the buds, bud? 
I, I actually saw a few uh, comments in our YouTube section about this. Um, yeah, because Florida, I don't think I don't like I don't I can't see Florida being in the top three this this season. It's going to I think it's going to come down to the Leafs and Tampa, and I think the Leafs can the Leafs should be able to win the Atlantic. So I will co-sign it based on I think they still can. Some will say the Leafs got worse. Well, it depends on what you mean by worse, right? Like losing Ely McCabe is not ideal, but if like losing Ely McCabe and Jack Campbell makes like that's is that really what makes the Leafs worse? Like a lot of teams had like Ryan McDonough was traded away for nothing, pretty much. Like Tampa Bay can't replace a Ryan McDonough, right? That's to me is a more significant hit than what the Leafs went through this offseason. And I think some guys are due for some bounce back seasons. And the Leafs still finished ahead of Tampa in the Atlantic, despite that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna co-sign. I think they uh I think they got a good shot at it. It's gonna take uh you know, it's gonna it's not gonna be easy, but I, I think they're very much capable of doing it. Yeah, I think they are as well. And I know it's kind of going to hinge on the goaltending. Like, are they, you know, what are you going to get out of Matt Murray and Ilya Simsonov, right? You know, the when when the, the deals first got announced, it was very much the sky is falling, the sky is falling. Why are we spending this much amount of money on these two question mark goaltenders in a year where this team needs to win or this thing is getting blown up next year? Uh, potentially, definitely from a, a, an ownership or from a front office perspective, I think it will at the very least. Um, and, and you got this season to kind of prove to Austin Matthews, hey man, we got a squad here. You might want to stick around if you want to win the big one because we feel we could do it. And so I think that they will have a, a rather successful season as well. I mean, they still have what, like 115 points last year with Jack Campbell being a sub 900 goaltender for you know, the final six months of the season. So it's not like they need stellar goaltending to win games. They can outscore a lot of their defensive woes. And I'm not saying they're going to win the playoffs. I'm not saying they're going to win a Stanley Cup. We're talking about the Atlantic Division, which is a regular season award, and they're pretty good in the regular season. Now, again, doesn't mean they're going to do anything in the playoffs like they've done the last few seasons, but I think they could still have themselves quite uh, a performance here uh, this upcoming year and still end up winning the division. You're right. I think Florida's taking a step back. Tampa, a little bit of a step back, plus they're a, little, a year older. And this is now three straight finals that they've gone to. We we remember the fatigue conversation that we were having in March this past mm-hmm. year. There was like a, a two or three week span where Tampa really started to fall off. Toronto went in, beat the piss out of them in their own barn. And they figured it out and got back up. But, it, you know, the fatigue conversation got brought up and it was real. I would imagine another trip to the Stanley Cup Finals, the same thing's going to happen in the back half of next season, and that might allow Toronto to kind of catapult forward and pick up some points and, and finish strong ahead of the Lightning and end up with the uh, the number one seed in the division, which obviously would give them the best chance to try and finally um, exercise those demons and win a playoff round. Uh, okay, your third one, my friend. I'm going to go with, I had a few in mind, but I'm going to go with this one. John Tavares is prone for a bounce back season with the Leafs this season. Oh, 
Define bounce back season for me, David. I think we're just going to see the John Tavares that, you know, I, in the playoffs, I thought he was pretty, he was not bad. I think though in the regular season, you're going to get, you're going to see him get back to scoring more than 80 points this season. Hmm. So that's where you're like point per game. He'll be more than a point. Per, is that what's considered bounce back? Cause you know, 76 points in 79 games. I, I, I think he can like replicate that just solely based on the fact that he gets so much power play time, mm-hmm. but that's not necessarily mean that he's going to have a bounce back year. He could have a, similar year to last year would that be considered a bounce back to you or no if he has a similar year i don't think it it will be because i feel like people are were disappointed with yeah. his with his season well there was times where he was in a slump right oh, he's had games without a goal this year yeah <laughs> this what I mean. exactly um i think i remember being at that game against the canucks where they finally broke it broke that goalless drought. I think he scored it. I don't know if it was on the power play or if it was uh, even strength, but I do remember him breaking that slump and looking at the guys in the press box being like, finally, holy crap, finally, this guy puts one in the back of the net. Um, Look, it's kind of twofold, though, because I I believe that he might have a better season. Like it would look, it'll look like a better year. You'll feel better about his performance, I think, but I don't know if the production necessarily is going to grow. Right. So that's kind of my dilemma because he was basically a point per game player last year. I don't see him being more than a point per game player this year. Picked up a lot of those points on the power play, which he could do again next season. But I think that he'll be a little more consistent and I believe that he'll look a lot better. Keep in mind last year, missed the entire offseason, didn't really get a chance to train as much as he would like to, where this year he is training. And, you know, I think that that could allow him to get off to a better start and kind of parlay that into a good year. So, um, again, if we're referring to production, like quite literally points, I no sign. I think he'll have a relatively similar, like point-ish per game performance. But I think it'll look better. The process will look better and you'll feel a little better you know, a, a little better about John Tavares than you did a season ago, if that makes any sense. Like, it's very much an on-the-fence question, but it's, like, depending on how you're defining it. Do you think he'll be a better defensive player than he was last season? Because last season was not great for him defensively. Yeah, I do. I do. That I would co-sign on. Okay. Yeah. So I think I'm co-signing. All right. Yes. All right. Um, final one to you, David. So in the NBA, uh, the great late Bill Russell just passed away, and they have announced that they're going to be hanging up number six in the rafters across the NBA. Across the NBA, the number six is being retired. I believe everyone who's currently number six, though, will be able to, like, the grandfather, and then, like, no one else going forward will be able to be number six. But... It got me thinking. I know number 99 is the lone retired number across the NHL. I don't think the NHL will ever retire another number again through the duration of our lifetime. Yeah, I, I can co-sign that one. The only other like the only other player I had thought about. I'm curious to hear the name because I did I was thinking like when I wrote this, I'm like, who who's who are the guys who might 
you know, have a case and be eligible for it. So I am curious to hear the name that's about to come out of your mouth. One I had was Gordie Howe. That's the name I thought too, Mr. Hockey. Yeah. You have number nine and number 99 retired league-wide. But I, I just... If it wasn't done when Gordie Howe retired, it's never going to happen. Well, I mean, Bill Russell retired long ago. He just happened to pass away. And then now they're honoring him after he's gone by putting it up in the rafters. It's quite an interesting thing. I mean, the NHL did it right away when Gretzky retired. Like, they were just like, no one will ever wear this number again because there's never going to be anybody that can do it. He passed away already, didn't he? He died like four or five years ago, I think. Gordie Howe? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah, he passed away in 2016. So... They probably would have done it around then if they were yeah. going to. Uh, but the only other player I thought about other than was was Bobby Orr. But I don't think Bobby Orr played enough, long enough to kind of earn that right. I think he's arguably one of the great, the, the greatest defensemen to play in the NHL because he was so because uh, of what he did. But um, yeah, exactly. So I, I think he's uh, I, I I think he's I think that's passed um, for him as well. So, yeah, I think I, I, I can't really see any other player earning that right by the NHL standards. Dude, Bobby I mean, Orr, really set the standard at 22 years old. Bobby Orr had 102 assists at 22 years old in the National Hockey League. 102 assists, 139 points that year. Like 37 goals as uh, as a defenseman. Like, holy crap. That's amazing. Yeah. Like, he was five points. Oh, gosh. He was ridiculous. Ridiculous. He won the Art Ross twice as a defenseman. Twice. Yeah. God, he's so good. Like, when I look back at some of these numbers, you know who else has, like, ridiculous numbers Paul Coffey also has ridiculous numbers as a defenseman I remember interviewing him for Leafs lunch and I was looking up his his old stats like you and I weren't alive when Paul Coffey was going doing his thing right so like I know the name I respect you know these players and these greats but then when I actually go and I look at their stats like holy crap like yeah they were unbelievable yeah Bobby Orr is one of those guys but um Number four is such a, a synonymous number with defensemen. Yeah. It'd be so difficult to put that up in the rafters, but that would be one that would qualify. And uh, Gordy Howe, I think, would be the other one that you know you could consider potentially hanging up in the rafters. But I don't know uh, if they'll ever do it. I, I think I'm with you where I'd, I'd no sign it. I feel like it, it would probably have been done by now. I mean, who knows? Maybe there's another guy who goes out there and breaks Gretzky's records and, like, 30 years that that's not even born yet. And they eventually put that guy's number, you know, put a kibosh to people wearing that. But uh, as of now, I think I'm with you. I'm also no signing that one. All right. Good stuff, Dave. Fun show, fun show. Um, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcast platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. Go ahead, smash that like button. Leave a comment down below your thoughts on that conversation we just had. Is there anybody who's worthy of having their jersey number retired around the NHL.
anybody at all um, outside of the great one, number 99. Let us know down below and uh, also comment on whatever you want uh, that we had talked about on today's show. All right, that's going to do it uh, for us here today. We'll be back on Monday. Enjoy the weekend, ladies and gentlemen. Until then, keep it locked right here on Lockdown Leaves.